All right, so what are we going to do for an intro today, man? I, I got nothing. I have absolutely nothing. It's Friday. I'm fried. It's Super Bowl Still week. thawing out from Yankee Stadium, I think. Yeah. I haven't even seen Stucco, so I don't know what happened to him. We all lost somebody that day. Uh, lost a lot of good men out there. Yeah. Just You know what? Just play the music and we'll just whatever. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of The Yes Men. I am Lou DiPietro. To my left, as always, is Doug Williams. We are sufficiently unfrozen from Wednesday night, so don't let the we're, intro We're warm, you. but we're disgruntled. We're just we're, – we're a little Dis- off today. Disgruntled? I don't know. Well, it just seems like, you know, that intro, we're, we're kind of in the dumps, you know? Well, it's Friday, and we don't normally do this on Friday – um, but between the stadium series and the debut of the Chris Sheeran show earlier this week, we decided to hold off. And yeah, it feels a little weird to be up here on a Friday. I got to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I feel like usually it's like a. It really is the middle of the week. We do it at noon. Yeah, on noon Wednesday. on Wednesday. Yeah, so. it's it's very weird. It's, it's different. Maybe I'll just have to get my game face on here. Wait, wait, hold on. Okay, game face is wow. on. Wow, you guys just missed something that was really special. <laughs> game face is on, and uh, I guess since it's Friday and. The stadium series is over. Uh, we should talk about the main event here in New York City this weekend, Super Bowl 48, XLVIII, if you will. It's kind of lengthy to write out. <laughs> if but, you will. I won't. I hate Roman numerals. <laughs> it's kind of lengthy just, to write I, out. I do not like Roman numerals. I But you can't write Super Bowl 48 because it looks wrong. Well, you know, and the NFL has stuck with the Roman numerals. It's not like WWE where, like, WrestleMania is numbered every year, but some years it's numerals, and then this year it's, like, XXX because it's 30, which is really kind of a bad marketing idea. And borderline, and, for, yeah, it's inappropriate. Yeah, for, for various reasons with those three letters. But, uh, you know, the NFL sticks with the Roman numerals. Next year it'll be XLIX, which well, will that's be kind of cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. Kinda cool. And then but Super Bowl the part, L. For the most part, I can't tell at first glance the difference between, like, thir- Super Bowl 35 and 48. They all look the same. It's even weird when you're tagging stuff on our YouTube, like when you put up the videos on our YouTube yeah. account. I'll tag, like, Super Bowl XLVIII. And, you know, the tags will come up automatically be like XLVI, XLVII. But there's no 48 yet because it hasn't happened. Right. So it's like you get all confused and thrown off, and there's extra eyes in there, and my eyes just can't handle that. It's Either way, the game is Sunday, uh, 6.30-ish p.m. kickoff, depending on how long the national anthem goes. As always, Seahawks-Broncos, number one offense versus number one defense. Richard Sherman could go beast mode in a post-game interview on Aaron Andrews again. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> He's taking something out of Marshawn Lynch's book and just going beast mode. Well, Marshawn Lynch is taking a page out of somebody else's playbook and giving one-word answers in media day and then leaving truculently as if he's mad that he has to be there. I've been watching a lot of sports, and this week, because I've, for various reasons, I've kind of, I've worked from home a few days, I've been in New York, and you really realize that watching sports coverage, for the most part, is meant for like an hour sitting. Just like, sit down, catch up, and then turn the TV off. When you do it for a really long time, you start to <clears throat> things start to get repetitive, and it's true that there are basically three storylines going into this. It's the weather, it's Peyton Manning, and it's Richard Sherman. Yeah, and if it was San Francisco against anybody, I guess other than Denver, New England, the main storyline would be the weather. Which today I'm wearing a hooded sweatshirt at the office because it's 35 degrees and it's like a heat wave I, after I, the last two weeks. I was co- so cocky this morning when I was getting dressed. I was like. Psh- 35 like are you, do I, need, I looked at my winter hat like 
get out of here. Like, well, I wore my winter hat only because it's the winter classic, or not the winter classic, the stadium series oh, hat. Gosh, we got, so I should have worn that. that. I'm going to rock that thing everywhere. Like, I yo, love I that hat. And by the way, dog. I got a lot of comments because, you know, I'm hoping that if you're listening to this, you also watched us live from, uh, not live. Quasi-live. Quasi-live, like yeah. Um, but we wore identical hats. And we my, my dad actually came to me, like, not he didn't come to me. Like, he was, like, asking for forgiveness In a or dream, something. he appeared. <laughs> but he, uh, I was talking to him on the phone. He said that the cutest thing about that podcast was our matching hats. I didn't even think of it. When we were doing it, he was like, it was adorable. You guys were just standing next to each other in your matching hats. And Pat Pickens tweeted at us actually saying he enjoyed oh, our yeah, hats. Oh, yeah, he enjoyed too. our hats as well, yeah. So they were a big hit. They were a big I hit. i got to rock mine tomorrow. I'm going to make a note. I'm not, I'm not really sure I can picture your dad saying that was adorable, though. That's a little weird. Well, it was done in a, in a joking manner. In a jocular manner. Yeah. Jocular is the word of the day. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the Super Bowl. It was swag. What can I say? The Super Bowl, it's so funny because I think – well, I don't think this is a secret. Uh, the, most of the New York teams have been, like, planning events mm-hmm. so that they have home games this week. Like, Brooklyn has a huge game tonight. Yep. Uh, which I'm sure is going to be filled with celebrities. Um, the I Knicks think both, game. I was going to say, I think both they and the Knicks had two this week. Yep. Both. And, yep. you know, they both had celebrities. The Knicks had Champ Bailey there last night. They mm-hmm. had all the wide receivers there uh, on Tuesday night. <clears throat> it's generally, it's been a New York-dominated Super Bowl. And I, you know what? The, there's this, this argument of, like, why isn't New Jersey getting more credit? But I think, honestly, the game, yes, is played in New Jersey. Remember, it's the New York Giants and the New York Jets that play there. And yeah. it's it was a good place to put the stadium. Um, and I, I love New Jersey. Uh, it's where I spend my summers. I, I love the state. But I also think New York has done a great job uh, hosting the Super Bowl. And I was listening to Colin Coward this morning. He actually said something uh, really funny, which was that it kind of seems like New York has just been there for the Super Bowl. It's not like we're obsessing over it. New York is just such a big city with so much going on that yeah. usually a city gets engulfed in the Super Bowl, but kind of now the Super Bowl is getting engulfed in New York. Well, things I mean, things sort of ramp up no matter whether the Super Bowl is in Indianapolis, Miami, San Diego, or, or New York in this case. And obviously just in those three cities I mentioned, there's a lot more things to do on the normal in some than others. I mean, I've been to Indianapolis once. Outside of the two, three weeks in May where the Indy 500 happens, I don't even know what else you would do in Indianapolis for a week. Whereas in New York or Miami or even, you know, Dallas, somewhere like that, like a major city. Yeah. Not that Indy's not a major city, but you know what I mean? Like, like you said, there's two, you know, Knicks games this week. They played Tuesday, they played Thursday. And maybe the Super Bowl should be here every year because the Knicks have won both games by 30, which is an accomplishment for them. Yeah. Um, you know, the Nets had a couple of big games, including tonight's game against Oklahoma City, which is, you know, the Nets are 10-2 this this year, 2014, which is the best record in the NBA. And Oklahoma City's 12-4 and and riding a nine-game winning streak. So and Kevin Durant can't score less than 30. Kevin Durant can't score less than 30. They just clobbered the heat the other night. Like, it's, I mean, this is if a matchup ever proportion. If I were a player, I would go to that game tonight. That would be my, you know. <clears throat> the Nets are the last team to beat the Thunder, which started the Nets January. They beat them in OKC on January 2nd, just like they did last year. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. And the Nets' two losses are both to the Raptors, oddly enough, who lead the division. So there's all kinds of bizarre storylines going to that. But that was an, that's an aside. To get back to my original point, the Knicks had two games. The Nets had two games. There's boxing at Barclays Center uh, last night. There's uh, UFC is at the uh, Prudential Center in Newark on Saturday night. Various concerts. We were at... Um, I say we, the SNR.com team, our, our social media coordinator, Melissa, was at uh, the TLC concert for VH1's uh, Super Bowl Smash, I think it was called. 
you know, but John Fogarty was playing out on Long Island and the Wayans brothers were doing comedy at Caroline's on Broadway and various other, you know, events are going on through that. Which there's that's always like that in New York. There's always if you go to Ticketmaster, there's always right. nineteen that's shows. Exactly right. Between yeah. maybe something's at the Garden or Barclays or Nassau or Prudential or Izod, one of the, like the big five. But there's always something going on at Roseland or the Bowery Ballroom or some smaller theater, the Beacon, you know, somewhere else. There's always eight, ten, twelve concerts going on on any given day of the week, especially the weekend here in New York City. And it's so awesome, honestly. It, it really is so cool to me that these players have had a cool event to go to every day of the week. Yep. And if you're visiting, you know, the Super Bowl, like we have said before, is very corporate. And a lot of people come here. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, yes, it makes the Super Bowl a little less crazy than your average football game. But, you know, a lot of people are able to bring their families. And you want yep. them to have a good time mm-hmm. in the city. And it really sounds like it would be hard to not have a good time with all these events. I know it's cold, but it just genuinely seems like there's something fun to do every night, which is yeah. why we've been doing our our, uh, our kind of weekly uh, – what would you call it? To-do I, I, list I was almost? Say, yeah, it was the we, – we put up a, a piece called the Super Bowl Tourist Guide, you know, the, the ultimate visitor seven-day sports guide with all the – again, both Nets games, both Knicks games, boxing, UFC – you know, there's uh, monster trucks, I think, are at Nassau Coliseum this weekend, if that's your, you know, that's your thing. Um, you know, ju- there's just something going on every day. And I, I can liken it to <clears> – <throat> I've never been to a Super Bowl. Uh, I'm sure you probably have never been to a Super Bowl either, although – I've been uh, – I went to the one in Indy. Okay. The one the that – The Giants The one that e- yeah. Eli won. Okay. So, again, you can speak to what is there to do in Indianapolis on any given day. I can liken it only to, and you're going to hate me for this, but WrestleMania, okay? WrestleMania was in New York last year, obviously, but there's people coming in from all over the world for this that are coming in for a three-hour show at seven, a four-hour show at seven o'clock on a Sunday night, but they're coming in on Friday, Thursday, earlier during the week. There needs to be stuff to do, and WWE always does a good job with you know the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies the night before. They have a fan access festival. They have other things. Other independent wrestling companies take advantage of this and hold conventions or, you know, five or six different independent shows at various smaller venues around where WrestleMania is. This year's Super Bowl seems to be, maybe it's just because I'm here and maybe it's just because it's New York, but seems to be a lot more of that there's so much ancillary stuff going on that it's overshadowing the fact that, yes, there are three storylines for the Super Bowl, but there's so much other cool stuff and so many people elsewhere, like Richard Sherman at the Nets game the other day, Champ Bailey at the Knicks game last night, various other players at various other places, that it's kind of creating a whole atmosphere as opposed to just it's Super Bowl week. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is because I I live in New York, and I've been hearing about uh, you know people wanting to get out of the city this weekend. Yes, and, and how, renting out their apartments for thousands of dollars. Right, how it's going to be crazy. And I honestly have not noticed that much of a difference because New York is always crowded. That's reason number one. Yep. But also, it just uh, – it, 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 I would not want to leave right now because it, it's the kind of thing where there's a lot of cool things going on. Yeah. As, a, as a genuine New Yorker, these aren't touristy events these sporting events these concerts these yeah. are cool things to go to whether you're from here or you're not there are things that happen all the like i said all the time in some capacity right. whether it's as much as this week maybe not but in some capacity yes and there's also a good chance like you said of running into richard sherman or champ bailey or there were a lot more seahawks than sherman at the game the other night at barclays but they were all up in a box and richard sherman was down you know down mm-hmm. low there's a chance you're going to see some of these guys and you know that's the other thing that's weird about this is that 
you know, sometimes players get a bad rap for, oh, he was out partying or whatever, this, that, you know. Some people, when the Nets went to London, some people saw Joe Johnson, I think it was, uh, you know, up in a club at like 2 in the morning the first night they got there, which is like, you know, these guys are also, as much as they're multi-million dollar, you know, cash cows and athletes and, and public figures, they're humans. They have work. They're doing their job. When we get off work, we're doing it. We're going to games. We're doing this. We're doing that, right? Why can't they? I mean, yes, if the Seahawks practice at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, they walk through and they do everything. If they're done for the day at 4 o'clock, what, are they, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to sit in their hotel room and play Xbox all day? Yeah, you'd rather. Not, not, especially not here. You'd rather they go out and, <clears throat> and experience what it's like to, to be yeah. in New York. I, I would encourage that. And I, you know what's funny is both coaches of these teams are player coaches, guys that are, are popular uh, to the yep. players. And I'm sure that at least at the beginning of the week, we're starting to get into crunch time now, but at the beginning of the week, I'm sure they told their players, guys, we're in New York City. Go get loose. Yeah. You know? Have a good time. Uh, you know, don't do anything stupid. Yeah. But that that's, you know, it's like being at your job. It, it's yeah. when we go to spring training in Florida. Yeah. When we get off work, we're allowed to do what we want yeah. because we're people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a trip or two to Clearwater Beach, which is five minutes from our hotel. I mm-hmm. mean, we'll probably go out for some nice dinners. We'll probably go enjoy some of the things Tampa has to offer. Last year there was uh, we discovered the Dallas Bowl, which has a mechanical bowl in the uh, in the. I've never in the been to a bar with a mechanical bowl. Really? Yeah, it's it's wild. We couldn't convince anyone that was with us to actually get on it because none of us wanted to hurt ourselves. And I mean, you know, I'm a big guy. I probably really yeah, hurt I myself. Gonna, I fall off a mechanical bowl. Well, I was going to ask you: Is it wild in terms of the bowl kind of changes? The spirit of things at the bar, or is it wild? The bull itself is actually wild. A little bit of both, actually. I mean, the bull is unpredictable. It's a mechanical <laughs> bull. I mean, you know, for lack of a better word. But it's just kind of one of those things like, okay, here comes, you know, Steve to ride the mechanical bull. And everybody in the place is like, yeah, Steve. And, you know, Steve gets thrown okay. off the bull and lands head first into the wall. And everybody's right. like, yeah. So I it's mean, not just know. like something that's like just going on in the background. It's the, it's no, the center of there's attention. There's a focus on it. it it's, a, it's a country western bar i guess for lack of a better way it's entertainment complex realistically but you know so there's line dancing going on it's if you've ever seen you've seen cool runnings i'm assuming yeah right? you know the scene when they're in the like the country bar in uh yeah in they Calgary. meet john candy there don't oh no no no, no that's yeah. when they first get into the fight with the east german yeah, team or yeah, whatever yeah. it is yeah. it, it's a lot like that where everybody's just having a good time and the mechanical bulls going on and things like that it's like that kind of stuff is just fun let loose you know let off some steam go to the beach you know just relax for a couple hours because yeah, there's days when the Yankees are away when we're in spring training that we go to the complex, we get our work done. The players are out of there early enough, so what do we have to do? Well, we're done with work for the day, but we can't just go home like we would normally and watch TV and make dinner. We, we're in Tampa. We can't do that. So right. we go out and enjoy the city. Yeah, I totally agree. Same and, thing. And honestly, um, what I've been thinking about this Super Bowl is if I were a big shot, I'm, I'm not sure that I would go. Even if I had the option of, you know, being a big shot. So, right. like, you don't have tickets necessarily, but if you wanted to, you could make it happen. I, I don't know if I'd go. Now, that being said, I can't imagine a better Super Bowl if if you don't have a team in it. Like, if, if the Eagles were in it, which you're a fan of, or the Giants were in it, then I would yeah. be obsessed with the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is the best it can get without having our teams in it. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And, you know... A good friend of, of mine and I, we sort of made a pact as a 
you know, loose kind of, we'll do whatever it takes. I don't know if we would have followed through on it, depending on how much tickets it would have cost. But if the Eagles made it to the Super Bowl, we were going. Right. Like, there's there's nothing we were going because, you know, I don't want to say Giants fans per se are, like, spoiled. But you've seen, you yeah. know, if you're my age, you've seen five or six Super Bowl appearances and four wins. I mean, it's it's kind of a juggernaut for the Giants. We, you know, as Eagles fans, watched our team go to the Super Bowl, you know, almost a decade ago now. And Donovan McNabb didn't quite make it all the way through the game without losing his lunch. But, you know, they lost. And they've been to so many NFC Championship games, they've been so close and this and that, but they've never made it back to the Super Bowl. And the last time they were in the Super Bowl before that was, you know, 25 years earlier. It's kind of one of those things that may almost be a once-in-a-lifetime event. So, you know what, if the Super Bowl's in Omaha... I'm going. Right. You'd find a way to yeah. go. And that's basically got to be like 50% of people that go to the Super Bowl is the mm-hmm. fans of those teams that tickets aren't thrown in their lap. They don't buy them on StubHub. They, it, it's more difficult than that. They have to find a way to be there. because Or you, season ticket holders that right. make it like that per right. playoff and Super Bowl ticket. And you root for those people that, that it's not something that is financially smart. It's not something that you know, is the correct decision. It's just like, I've been waiting my whole life to watch the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. I'm going to get yep. there somehow. Yep. And that's why the Super Bowl is so special. And, you know, this year is really cool. I, I will say, I you know, I'm rooting for Peyton Manning um, and the Broncos. I'm, I'm rooting for them, but barely, because I, there are a lot of great storylines on the Seahawks, guys that I really like. Uh, what's the name of the fullback who's deaf? Um, you know what, Derek I can't, Coleman. Uh, yeah, I can't think of it. Off I think the top his name's Derek Coleman. And I watched this piece yesterday. Have you seen the, the piece? No. Um, there's two little girls who are also hearing impaired, and they write him a note that's just basically saying, um, uh, "We're huge fans of yours." The second sentence in the note is like, "Just keep trying your best," and like it's just something innocent that a small yes, child it's would just write. So yeah. cute and nice. Mm-hmm. And so he gets the letter and. Um, Derek Coleman seems like a terrific guy. Writes them a note back that's saying, I'm so glad to have your support. Um, talks a little bit about what it's like being deaf and in the NFL. And um, so then the, uh, some TV crew um, gets a hold of the girls and they're interviewing them. And they're so, so cute and innocent, like you said. And then Derek Coleman walks in. And, and they're in and shocked him. and they're, yeah. they're hugging him. And then he brings out. Two Super Bowl tickets for them and their whole family. Wow, that's awesome. So, like, that story alone Mm -hmm. is, like, something that would make me want to It's sort of like Seahawks. I think it was last year when that five-year-old kid in Jersey mailed Brandon Jacobs, like, the contents of his piggy bank because he signed for more money. And then Brandon Jacobs came and gave him back his money and then hung out with him for the day. Like, you know, athletes, there's a lot of great human beings like that, that that do stuff like that just off simple gestures. Like you said, like a – like a young hearing impaired girl maybe looks up to him and says, "He can if he can play in the NFL, I can do anything." Right, and that you sounds I mean? corny. That sounds like a but cliche. But it's true. But like it's cliche for a reason. How many people are in the NFL, mm-hmm. and how many people are deaf? There's one of them. And, and how many people are playing high school football this fall that will never make it to the NFL? Because there's thousands upon thousands of high schools in, right. the, in the in the country and 30 NFL teams, 32 NFL teams. But if it's that little motivation that can get you to the top, then you know Derek Coleman has made such a difference. Um, but anyway, we, we have done almost zero analysis of the actual football, which is it, – It's Friday. We're rambling. And it also sounds that that reminds me a lot of the Super Bowl in general because mm-hmm. it's so much of it is off-the-field distractions. But That's what happens when you get nine and a half hours of pregame coverage beginning at 4.30 yeah. a.m. Eastern time. Um, who are you picking? I don't know this yet. Does anybody know this yet? Have mm-hmm. I asked you that? No, nobody's asked me this yet. Are who? you aware of who you're picking? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Can you you want to tell us? Defense wins championships, right? But I don't I don't know if that means <laughs> you're smiling at me. I think this means you're picking the Broncos. Defense wins championships, right? Oh, now you're going to say the Broncos defense is going to play well. Well, they could. Okay. Defense wins championships, but can Richard Sherman be in three places at once? Uh, or four places at once realistically if you throw uh, you know, Julius Thomas in there. Yep, smart. I've seen what the Broncos look like on their worst day. I've seen what the Broncos look like on their best day. I've seen the fact that Russell Wilson has – I don't know what the right word is, but I don't want to say he hasn't been good during the postseason and the run-up to it. But, I mean, yes, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl years back by being a game manager. But Russell Wilson looks almost more like a game manager at this point. And their defense has carried them to wins over – you know, they clamped down a New Orleans team that scored a lot, Yes. But there's just something about Denver and this storyline and Peyton winning in Eli's house like Eli did in his house years ago. And I I just don't think the Seahawks defense can stop that multidimensional of an offense, especially if Monty Ball or Ronnie Hillman or Noshan Marino, Jersey's own Noshan Marino, or anyone in that backfield gets the running game going a little bit. I don't think it's going to be, you know, 55 to 10 like the, the Bills uh, got crushed 20 years ago or so by the Cowboys. But I can easily see Denver winning 24-16 or something along those lines. So I'm going to go with Denver just because, you know, their losses this year weren't bad losses per se. You know, yeah. they lost at home to San Diego as their only home loss, but San Diego made the playoffs, you know. like And they, that was a Thursday night game, and there yeah. were a lot of different they, – they had a lot of people hurt. You so. know, they lost to the Patriots in that game where they, you know, just kind of that epic comeback for the right. Pats on Sunday night in the overtime – a messed-up field goal kind of prevented the game from maybe ending in a tie, and they got that win back in the AFC title game. There's just – I don't know. I, something tells me that it's going to be Peyton's time. And something also tells me Peyton might just be like, I'm done after this. Like, there's nothing more for me to prove. I did it. You know, throw up throw up the bird to all the all the doubters from a couple years ago and say, I'm done. I'm out. Just drop the mic like Randy Watson and, and yeah. you know, coming to America. Uh Okay. I agree with almost everything you said. Um, I initially thought the Broncos were going to win, and it was it was not going to be very close. But um, when I watched Peyton play against the Pats, there were a few throws where I kept thinking, if the Pats had a better secondary, that would have been picked. There were a lot of wobblers. Right. I, I will agree with that. There were a lot of and wobblers. since his game. surgery – that has been evident is, is that he's a very controlled. He's an incredibly accurate wobbler. Mm-hmm. Um, that's okay. kind of what he does. I their uh, secondary is so athletic and so big that I'm worried that he's going to throw one or two key interceptions. Uh, the Seahawks on offense don't make a lot of mistakes, and I could see this game being close. I could see this game being in the twenties. And I could see the Seahawks wearing uh, the Broncos out. And if Peyton is good but not great and throws a key interception, I think the offense of the Seahawks is enough uh, to put them uh, in uh, victory lane, uh, so to speak. speak. Um, Marshawn Lynch, again, you know, one of the best playoff running backs in history, um, is running against a a defense and a linebacking core and a secondary that's not very well-known and not very good. Overall, their D-line's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, people keep thinking it's defense versus offense, but I think the Seahawks' offense mm-hmm. is better than Denver's defense. Well, that's one of the things they investigated on This Week in Football this week. 
on uh, on Yes Network is you know the four down segment number one was first down was what about the opposite matchup right. of that, Denver's that's defense such a good and I love that they talked <clears> about that and, too. and my thoughts on that are this it's you know you say Marshawn Lynch is one of the greatest postseason running backs and you know we all know beast mode but if Denver can bottle him up. I mean, Denver's secondary isn't terrible. I know they lost, you know, one of their key pieces to a torn ACL, but they still have DRC out there who drives me nuts every time he makes a good play because he played and like he's threatening to retire. He's he, twenty-seven. He played like absolute garbage the one year he was with the Eagles. Uh, you know, he was just terrible. Did you know that he's threatening to retire? Yeah, I saw that if they win the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, you know, he, he was just terrible the year he's on the Eagles, and now he's like this almost all-pro cornerback out there in Denver, which drives me nuts as a fan. But, um. You know, he he's playing very well. Champ Bailey, you know, this is his shot. He never made it to the Super Bowl before. Yeah, I'm rooting you know, like, for Champ. I'd like, like this to is see his shot. Even if he's got to leave, ev- literally leave everything out on the field, he's going to. If they can bottle up Marshawn Lynch, I don't have confidence in the way Russell Wilson's played the last six weeks. I don't necessarily have confidence that Golden Tate and, you know, Harvin says he's going to be back, but he's had a concussion. He's had hip issues. Is he going to be Percy Harvin? No. There's no way he's going to be Percy Harvin. He can't. How much of Percy Harvin is he going to be is really the question. But I don't have faith in, you know, a less than 100% Percy Harvin and Doug Baldwin and Golden Tate and those guys, like, can really exploit Denver's secondary and over the middle too much if Marshawn Lynch gets bottled up. Whereas, as great as the Seahawks secondary is, Sherman and Earl Thomas and those guys, there's five weapons coming at them at any point that somebody's going to be open. There's no denying that. Denver's offense is, is so dynamic. And if it really works like a well-oiled machine like it did, did against mm-hmm. New England, I don't think anybody can stand a chance against them. Right. I think between the two of us, and tell me if I'm wrong, Lou, but I would say the most important thing, and I think this would even change your prediction because I'm picking the Seahawks, you're picking the Broncos. If Russell Wilson is a plays like Colin Kaepernick or Russell Wilson at his best mm. – this could change everything. Like, if he's running out of the pocket and hitting receivers and, and throws for over 200 yards. Keeping plays alive. Right. Every, yep. Like, not game-managing better than that. Right. Then I really think the Seahawks have a have a, a, a very good chance to win. Well, you know, I'm sure you saw, too, that Kaepernick said earlier, you know, this week when in talks like that, like, he intentionally runs more during the playoffs just because he saves it, you know, to right. work on things during the regular season as long as it's not affecting their game and their mm-hmm. victories. So I, I can see, again, if, yeah, if Russell Wilson can get out and do that, I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't see a very high-scoring game. I see something along the lines of where the, the NFC title game was in terms of scoring. Yeah. But I, I see Denver coming, and you have Seattle, so I guess we'll find out. Hopefully one of us wins the box pool. Yeah, that'd be fun. You know, that'd be pretty cool. I'll, but, take, um, I'll take you out to dinner. Yeah, all right, I'll do the same. And I got a, I got a couple pretty good numbers, so I'm, I'm hoping maybe even the yeah, first Yeah, mine aren't terrible. I think I've won in six. You know, you hate you. You feel bad for that person that gets like five five or two eight or yeah. something. You know, ridiculous. Um, although I do know somebody one year that won with two nine. Was it was it last year? Or the year before the Super Bowl ended thirty two twenty nine. I won't lie to you. I'm <clears> not. I wouldn't say I'm a hundred percent sure how it works. But you know what? I'm, I'm basically I'm going to come in on Monday and. I, I You're not sure like, how a box pool works? No. I don't really Is this the stunning it. admission you said you had? No, no, no. Okay. That was going to be that I've never had a Twinkie in my life. Huh? Yeah. Wow. Well, for the audience out there, I told Lou that I had a little surprise confession during today's episode that I knew would shock him because I feel like Twinkies are big for people that are 10 or so years older than I am. 
because like they were big around in when the you early nineties. Yeah. yeah, but when I grew up, I never had them in the house. <laughs> yeah, you just did a mind blown. Mind blown. I've never had one in my life. We have, we might have to do a little video of me eating my first Twinkie. Yeah, now that they're back, now that they went unbankrupt. Um, the only reason I thought of it is because I was getting breakfast this morning. And I was at a place with the, where they had some yeah. on display, and they look like you can just pile them, multiple of them, in your mouth. It's spongy, yeah, angel food cake filled with creamy goodness. I mean, it's <laughs> it's the classic after school snack: a Twinkie and a glass of chocolate milk. Man, that's that sounds awesome, but I've never, I wouldn't know. It could be terrible. Those who those who know me in the office and, and Doug being one of those, no, I, I referenced the kindergarten. Let's get some animal crackers and apple juice going on every once in a while because we have a. Seemingly endless supply of bags of animal crackers here in the office occasionally. So it's like it yeah. takes you back to you know kindergarten. Takes you back, yeah. Animal crackers and apple juice. Wow. Back to my original confession, though. I can't believe you never had a Twinkie, but I, I suppose I can believe it because, you know, I can see how you would kind of have stayed away from that kind of stuff. You're more of an athletic, leaner kind of guy than I <laughs> well, am. So, I mean, I can see that. Well, but. I don't – I probably – I, you and I probably eat the same stuff. If not, if anything, I'm more unhealthy than you are because you have like a home and a fiance, and I live in a shoebox in New York by myself. And, and seamless web is your personal exactly. Yeah. So I would say that's not really the answer. I don't know why I haven't had a Twinkie, but I've never had a Twinkie. Mm. You know, it's just things if you never buy them. You, you know, your mom never bought them. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I know. think that's what it was. My mom is very healthy. So she – and she did most of the grocery shopping when I was growing up. I think that's your answer. That, that could be it. I mean, you know, other things play into weird weird sort of coincidences like that. Like I, I know you're not – I was – I'm going to say I'm an only child. I have a half-brother who's 12 years older than me and didn't live with us when I was a kid. But I, I was, quote, unquote, an only child. So if I wanted something at the grocery store, my mom would buy it, chances are, because, you know, she's like, well, you better eat it. You know what I mean? Whereas for you, it'd be like, you know, oh, you want something at the grocery store, and then your sister finds it, and she's like, oh, hey, Twinkies. And, oh, you know, yeah, that's the worst. And, and jams a couple of them, and you're like, oh, where did all my Twinkies go? Oh, like, I can God. see that, you know, I see I that happening that. with my with my future niece and nephews already, where, like, they'll fight over, you know, sort of like... I'm going to reference another movie that's older than you, but you may have seen Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Have you ever seen it? No. Well, there's a scene where – you can look up the plot of the movie on IMDb or Wikipedia, but there's a scene where they're like running out of food and you know you hear crashes and things going on in the house and, and the kid comes out and Christine Applegate is the main character. And he yells at her. He's like, Zach and Melissa are fighting over the last snowball. And so, you know, it goes on from there. But it's like one of those things, like, I can see that happening. Like, they fight over the last cookie. Like, it's the last cookie they're ever going to see. The sad thing is, though, so I, don't buy them. I eat, like, such a child that one day when I have kids, I'm going to be fighting with them over our food. Like, when they're, you know, they start to get into that six or seven years old range, yeah. we're, 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 we're battling full Those on. Girl Scout cookies are mine. Those, uh, I mean, it's more, for me, it's more like those Scooby Snacks. Mm. Are mine, yeah, and I will write my name on the box, children. <laughs> I feel bad for your children then if you're going to fight them for <laughs> snack food, and I'm always going to win because I'm going to be like, who makes the money around here? Who is the breadwinner? Go out and who get provided this roof over your heads? Oh, you want a chocolate bar? Go get a job. Great dad guilt. Freeloader. Listen to that dad guilt right there. That's you gonna... know, that's funny. You say that. I'm, I'm going to reference something that happened this morning as a, in lieu of a crazy story from the weekend because we're running out of time here and we didn't even get to the Pro Bowl, which no one cares about anyway. So whatever. Um, 
So I'm listening to uh, – I have Sirius in my car. I'm listening to whatever comedy channel I was listening to and it was uh, Jeffrey Jenna, I think, talking about Christmas stuff. And he's talking about how last year his nine-year-old kid wanted a cell phone for Christmas, like was the number one thing he wanted. And he's like, well, you know, what is a nine-year-old kid going to do with a cell phone, this and that, things like that? So he's like, when I buy my son big gifts like that, I always try to include a life lesson. And so the kid opens the cell phone on Christmas morning. He gets it for him. He opens the cell phone. He goes upstairs and he charges it. And he waits five, six hours. And he comes downstairs. He goes, Dad, Dad, something's wrong with the phone. It won't work. And the guy goes, the punchline of the joke is like, yep, you know what? Maybe you should have also asked Santa Claus for cell phone service for Christmas too. And it's like one of those things. like, aha, I got you. You got me, but I got you. Those cookies are mine. Yep. So Just pure cruelty. Just pure just pure. Brilliance and, and <laughs> cruelty, yes, but pure brilliance as well to teach the kid. Hey, you know, you may think you've got one up on me, but I still know better than you. So, do you guys uh, know more about sports after listening to this episode? God, I hope not. You, if Joe you know more listener? about sports, you knew nothing. I think about sports, but you know what? After doing the Stadium Series video podcast, which we've done be- enough for you, people. Like, we're only two men. Doug's okay? parenting style is now coming through in his podcast co-hosting style. Get your hands up, Scooby Snacks. <laughs> You know, after the Stadium Series podcast, which was very well received from from what I've heard, um, which we thank you for watching, listening, whatever you did to it, um, you know, and all the stuff going on, there's, there's the Super Bowl is kind of taking over the way. I feel like maybe once in a while it's good to have one of these sort of soul-cleansing, get-to-know-Lou-and-Doug podcasts. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, you know. I, I was going to, after we, like, press unrecord, or I guess it's the stop button, stop. as most people call it. It, it really is Friday. Your brain, oh man! I, just, I was going to say something like, "This was great. This is probably my favorite episode ever. Best episode ever." Yeah, you know. Hey, look, I got to be honest with you. Any any two idiots with a microphone can have a podcast. Clearly, we're living proof of this. But you know, you got to mix in a little bit of the good and the bad. Yes, we're a sports podcast. We're the Yes Men. We talk mostly about the Yankees when the summer comes around and the Nets and, you know, the Super Bowl, big events like that. But, you know, you can get a lot of that anywhere. So why not yeah. throw in some personal touch every now and then? I mean, if you agree or disagree, let us know on Twitter, at Petro Yes, at Doug Williams Yes. Tell us we're idiots. Tell us we're awesome. I don't care which. Oh, because because totally this podcast is going to be number one. I totally agree with you. I uh, don't think you're going to find people talking about Twinkies on SportsCenter. No, or never having Twinkies or WrestleMania compared to the Super Bowl. And by the way, if you listen to our podcast last week, I alluded to we were hoping to have a guest on from the Super Bowl. I was hoping to get one of our former contacts at WWE to come on to talk about having WrestleMania outdoors in New York in April and kind of comparing it to weather situations of the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, they were kind of busy this week with all kinds of stuff going on uh, in the world of WWE. How many podcasts are you going to hear where one of the hosts yells at fictional children that haven't been created? About yet? Scooby Snacks. You, you, you can't. You can't. Yeah. N- name another podcast. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't. Um Yeah, so enjoy the Super Bowl this weekend whatever you do, you know, people are going to eat a million and a half buffalo wings or whatever. Like it's it, the chicken industry is going to make a lot of its money this year this weekend. Uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. Hopefully you do well in any uh, any quote-unquote pools you may be in or uh, prop bets or whatever you want to do. Um, you know, and just enjoy the, the social gathering because you're not going to have football again for six more months after this. So uh, enjoy it while it lasts. If you're going to the Nets game tonight against OKC at Barkley Center, like we said, you know, 10-2 and two versus 12-4 and four this year, battle of the juggernauts, irresistible force, immovable object, yada, yada, yada. Enjoy that. We'll be there. Um, you know, our video team is there, uh, as they always are. Uh, so you can say hello to them if you know who they are. 
but mostly enjoy the game. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on this weekend, and we'll be back next week with uh, a little bit of a spring training preview, I guess, because pitchers and catchers will be reporting in two weeks from today, which kind of makes me very excited. Yeah, it'll be a spring training pre. No, it'll be a Super Bowl uh, post game show, and then at the ten minute mark, we'll sound the horn and officially like change change the changing of the guard. Close the book on football season. Yeah. Bring it back to baseball. And we're just like, well, that's it, folks. Like, uh, that's it for the NFL season. We'll we'll segue some some segment. You know, just shoehorn I'm, something I, in there to transition. I'm, I'm going to bring a horn. I just decided I'm bringing a horn. Oh God. Yep. Name another podcast that has a horn. You can't. You can't. Wow. Okay. This has been 30 minutes of my life that I will never get back. That's all I'm going to say about it. Just well, unless you, unless, you, unless you listen to this podcast. Which you know that I will not. Okay. Only okay. once. Okay. True story. Crazy story. Admission. True story. Uh, I have never listened to an episode of this podcast more than once. Can't do it. I can't watch myself. Yeah. Well, why would you listen to it more than once? To study yourself? To get better? To improve? To, to work hard? To You could, yeah, but... It's just one of those things where I, I can't I, – I will think too much about things I should have done better in the heat of the moment, yeah, and it, it will drive me nuts. Well, you're talking to the guy that edits us. So, like, if I'm – when I'm, like, uh, uh, and I start making – But like, then you can also edit that out. And ed, as we all know from watching any reality television show ever, editing is the sole source of what people hear. No, I know. But, um, like, I hear the real stuff. Like you hear the like the the self that you wish was better. I hear the self that's just like – God, I'm an well, hopefully you're not going to leave in the three minutes that this computer was recording before we actually started recording because there's some common yeah, gold the, in that three yeah, minutes. Yeah, we could be we could be deposed. Doug, we we talked about going 10, 15 minutes on this podcast, and we're rolling around 35. So what do you say we stop talking and let these people go back to their lives? Let's do it. Go back right. to your lives. Go back to your lives. Until next time, we are the Yes Men. I'm Lou. He's Doug. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy your week. And we'll be back at you next week with all the sports goodness you can handle and then some. Take care. Scooby Snack!